it's off. And especially because it's not seemingly producing the results you would expect from something that's defined as the solution. But, uh, so here, it says, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter this drama of life, something was going to be our director. But mostly, everyone goes right to the, to the next. They go right to turning their will and their life over. But if the mind that they're identified as is still playing God, that life that you turn over, you'll believe you can take back. That ain't turning over your will and your life. That's like a deal, yeah, that can be reneged every day, yeah. All right, here I turn it over, but now I really want something like a relationship. I'm taking it back, yeah. And then, oh no, the shit hit the fan. I'll turn it back over, but I'll take it back. I would say that's playing God with God, yeah. And that's going, I believe, totally unnoticed quite a lot. And immediately we go to the, the supposedly the solution, which is to turn our will and our life over. But if you're willing, if there's an identification as a self, yes? And so selfing is taking itself to be the doer and the haver and the player of God, let's just say. And that hasn't been seen, then I would say that what's going to surrender its will in life isn't you. It's going to be selfing. And when selfing surrenders its will in life, it doesn't surrender its will in life. It's a deal. It turns it over until it doesn't think it's going the way it wants, and it takes it back. And it has an, it has an experience as if that's true. It feels like it gives it up and then takes it back. Yes, This is all, to me, playing God. This thing, this ability, because if I surrendered something to something that was more powerful than me, then I would have to sort of humbly ask it to give it back. It wouldn't be like I can take it back at any time because it's more powerful than me. And I made the deal. I surrendered it. What? Oh, oh, oh yeah, is it? It would be like, no, 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 no. You can't have it back. Yeah? It wouldn't be okay unless I'm the bigger God. Yeah. Unless what I'm taking myself to be is playing God with God. And that's a major theme in the community. It's like, I surrendered, and then I took it back, and then i got to go surrender again, and take it back. And if I don't surrender, I may go out, and then you, may, you, have, no, you have no guarantee that you'll get back. Because you may believe that A is going to be the same, and it may be, but you're not going to be the same. I've seen it over and over again with a lot of people, with a lot of time. So, this whole idea, because I noticed when I was taught this thing, it was the first step, the second step. I never really heard about the quit playing God. And it was right to the third step. But if I'm turning my life over as self, that ain't turning life over. Because, first of all, it doesn't have a life to turn over, really. It's claimed a life that is not its own, and to actually have the arrogance to think it, it's, I own this life, and I can choose to turn it over or not, is unbelievable in my head. It's unbelievable. And we were just talking about it earlier. Let's say, let's say, um, alright, today, there was all these books, yes? That's different books, and you, and you claimed about 50 of them. Every day, there'd be a lot of books, and every day you'd say, this is my book, my book, my book, yeah? After a week, 
you would have about 350 books. What are you going to do with those 350 books? You've got to store them somewhere, yes? And the next week you're going to be claiming 350 more, yeah? You're going to constantly have more books on your hand, yes? Books are coming, books are coming, books are coming, books are coming, and you're claiming them. Where are you going to put them? Store them here, put them there, hang here, try to sell them, no one wants them, you know, because they're yours, Put them here, this and that and that. This is what happens all through the day. You believe the feelings are yours. You believe the thoughts are yours. Every thought that's seen in your head is held as your thought. That's like a claiming of a book that now you have to store. What do you think your memories are? It's the storage of thoughts and feelings that were never yours to begin with. They came to go. But when they come, we claim them. Oh, this is happening to me. Then I have to find somewhere to put them. I have, because more and more keeps coming. Every day, the mind seems to be thinking. Yeah? Every day, it never seems to run out. Some, some people, some research says you have a thousand thoughts a day. Okay, take it to be a book. So, a thousand thoughts you're claiming every day. What the hell are you going to do with them all? No one wants them. They have their own huge amount of thoughts. They have no room for your thoughts. Because they are just using every bit of space to store their thoughts and their feelings and their stories. Yes? Fuck. And it's not, a, it doesn't end. You don't take a break. And you know what? It's way too much information to process. You don't have the ability to process it. So what occurs is rationalization, denial, disassociation, checking out, wanting to get loaded. Because everywhere in the space that the presence can be felt, there's things stored in it. Thoughts and feelings. Thoughts and feelings and opinions and judgments and this and that and experiences. Oh, I have, uh, let me tell you about my experiences. Give me a break. It's like a giant bank that has actually no value. An experience, show me your experience. Where is it? It's gone. Yet it isn't gone. It's taking up seemingly space because you have a story around it. It was my experience. You see the activity of the disease? It claims. It claims what is not rightfully its, Yes? And in that claiming, it gets a lot of unintended consequences. What the fuck am I going to do with all these thoughts? What am I going to do with all this guilt based on I was the doer of every freaking action? I was the one who omitted what I should have done, and I was the one who committed what I shouldn't have done. What are you going to do with all that? It's going to produce guilt and shame. Where are you going to put the guilt and shame? Where? You don't have any more room. So you start blaming others. You say, fuck it, I don't have any room. It's like projectile vomiting. Let me tell you what's happening. You're hoping that you can walk away and it'll be theirs, but it isn't theirs. It follows you back. You called it yours. That's just, it's like a homing pigeon. It ain't going anywhere. You know what I mean? You can run away from it as much as you want, but there's a bond to it. It's been claimed. It's yours and yours and yours. And now that you don't want it and you want to discard it, it's too late. The contract's been signed. This is like the nuclear dump site. You asked for it. Here's your life. Memories and resentments and all this going over and over and over again. It's like a giant storage unit. 
Yeah? There's no room. You can't sense any presence because presence is really absence. It's when the space of life is absent, you feel a presence. When it's full of all this stuff, you feel claustrophobic. You'll do almost anything to get relief. It's a form of slavery because you can't keep up with it, first of all. thousand thoughts a day, let's just say. That's 7,000 a week. That's how many a month. That's hundred something, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of thoughts. And every one of them that, was a, that there was an awareness of was claimed as you as being the thinker of it. You claimed it as yours. You're the mother. Yes? You gave birth to it. That's mine, yes? Every freaking one of them. And you know what? The heaviest things of all weigh nothing here. You can't weigh a thought. But you, you, you watch how people travel and you can see the heaviness of them. You can see the heaviness of them in the, in the, uh, the, the what do you call those lines in people's faces. The downturn thing that's never smiled anymore. It's town because it's all this weight, yeah? All this weight, and you, and it just keeps on coming. It's like living back east with a, a like a nine-month blizzard. You can never get your driveway clear. You do all the shoveling. If you look back, it's packed again. What are you going to want to do? Fuck it. I need some relief. Yeah, but you don't see. The real bondage isn't all the thoughts, it's the being the claimer of those thoughts as mine, or that the thoughts are about me. Because someone else, when they're experiencing the heaviness of their thoughts, if they share them, they don't produce a heaviness in you. Because you're very clear, they're not my thoughts, they're his thoughts. So you can be like Solomon, oh, I have so much wisdom about your thoughts, but you can have to be having the same thoughts, and they're called yours, and there's no wisdom there, none whatsoever. Not none whatsoever. It's not the thought that's heavy, it's the claiming of it, yes? Once it becomes your property, it takes up all your space, which is the divine property of this place, is emptiness, yeah? It now becomes a storage unit. Your feeling of life is like a, a freeze-dried memory. And if you've been with a situation where there was a number of you and you go back and talk to them about it, everyone has a different take on what happened. It's all been made up and interpreted. Yeah? But it takes up space, yes? There's not even enough space for you to breathe because it keeps on coming. Keeps, you don't get a vacation, do you? If you go to Hawaii, you're thinking like you did when you were in New Jersey. Yeah? When you're thinking in New Jersey, you say, it'd be great to go to Hawaii, but when you get to Hawaii, you're thinking about New Jersey. Yeah. It doesn't, you can't escape here. <laughs> Your ability to process sucks. Yeah. Your ability to process sucks. Some, all processing goes to anger. What the fuck? doing something to me. Others, victimhood. Yeah? <laughs> so here in the recovery book, very unnoticed, before the all-supreme third step, you know, the highest high, it says, first of all, the how and why of it is, quit playing God. Next, then we do the surrender. 
but without seeing the real activity of the conditional mind, which is playing God, without telling, I believe, without telling the truth about that, without having a sense of a belief with certainty, then the third step is going to be hollow, because it's going to be based on your take of it, which is, I give it and I take it back. How could a third step, how could abandonment become conditional? The word abandoned means letting go of all reservations, I'd imagine. And yet, when, you're, when the mind's playing God and it plays God with the third step, it's totally conditional. Oh, well, if I keep getting parking spaces, keep, well, it's my higher power's working and I got a date. Oh, my higher power is busily working for me. For me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like a consultant, you call it. Yes, come on. I'm you know, managing like crazy, but I'll consult with God and see. God, what do you think about this? Oh, fuck you. I'm doing whatever I want. I just thought I'd bring you in, you know. I mean, I'm paying you a lot of money, a lot of fucking yapping. But the proof is in the pudding. If anxiety, if all fear comes from the idea of reliance on self, which I think is sort of implied in the fear inventory, where he says, why are you in so much fear? And then he answers, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So he's pointing out the fraudulence of a system that, we're, that there's a reliance on, which is self-centeredness, yes? It's a, it's a failed system. It doesn't have, it doesn't pro promote any sense of security, it promotes anxiety. If you're a devotee of that system, your prayer is going to be like this, because you're going to be anxious about what's not happening. There's no fucking way. Seriously. You're going to be like this, because you're not going to be responding to now. You could be in the most beautiful moment, and yet you're not there for all intents and purposes. You're in a reaction to a moment that's not happening. And maybe possibly never happened the way it's been drawn up. Yeah? So are you really present here? So see it. Quit playing God. Just simple little... Uh, demonstrations of it. When you wake up in the morning, don't you, isn't there sometimes a reaction to a forecast your head has about the day? You go, oh, why is that? Because the headline, you know, the first channel that's on, that's been playing all night, is it's going to suck today. Just like it's been sucking every other day. I mean, everyone's just going to bounce up out of bed and be really excited? No, you're going to go, fuck this. You know? I think I'll have six shits of coffee. Let me create my own feeling. I'll just drink myself into a buzz. Ooh, yes. This way, every fucking shot, everything was like that. I mean, if you don't see that in your addiction, your solution to alcoholism was to get loaded. That was one of the biggest managing or playing gods your mind ever did. There was an irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and its reaction was... I want relief from this, and so it went and went and bought the exact fuel that thing wanted and gave it to it. You don't see that as slavery? That you actually go shopping for the disease? <laughs> really? Because it can't drink. 
It has a fuel, yes, but it doesn't have a mouth. The fuel, and it can't, it can't go shopping. Alcoholism. It has to convince the host, hey, yeah, 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 they're out to get you, fuck them, yeah, 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 okay, let's go to 7-Eleven. Oh, oh, do, do, do. You march away, think, oh, I'm making a choice. Yes. It's slavery. It's damn, it's, how can you see it as anything other than slavery? Yeah. Against all evidence, to the contrary, this is not a wise move, you're still going. Once it gets its fuel, all bets are off. I mean, seriously. It's like, I used to talk about, you were like the horse, and this crazy jockey has ridden you before. And man, it was a nasty ride. You were hoping to go to the glue factory, basically. And yet it kept you going. And then there's been a little bit of relief, and then you see the jockey walking into the barn. And you're like, oh, and it comes up and says, don't worry, it's, it's going to be different this time. And you're going, oh, no, there's something in you that realizes, no, don't worry, don't, it's just my leg, don't get this. And then as soon as it's in there, let's go. And, it, and you're not going to be lucky enough where it lets you die. You're its only host. Alcoholics have the most incredible lifespan with being totally against living. They live longer than most other people. I've seen the same people in hate that I saw when I was first sober 23 years ago. They're still there, drinking every day, living on the streets. They're thriving. Abscesses, fuck it. Limps, no teeth, doesn't matter. The parasite ain't letting them go. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're going to appease it and win it over with all the therapy? Fuck that. <laughs> if therapy's fine with you, get it. I don't care, you know. But I swear, isn't it like we're just trying to buy off the devil? Okay, let's go on this three-week retreat. You'll really like it. Fuck you. Get over there. Working out. Oh, I feel great. And then the day later you leave it all. <laughs> has absolutely no effect. And then it's solutions. Let's do a six-week retreat. Oh, like more is going to be better. That's always the solution. More. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it'd be interesting to see what playing God means to you by investigating a little bit. Because if there is a convincing of that being the case, I'll tell you something. The mind is going to be keenly interested in being freed from that. Yes? And the thing is, if you're identified with the problem, then the mind that's identified with the problem cannot entertain being free from the problem. It only entertains freedom as the problem. You have to have a sense that it's not you. And as soon as there's that sense that it's not you, the mind can entertain, I can be free of it. Because what bonds you to it has been questioned. It's the identification. The identification with it is what causes your mind to short-circuit. It can't get to the point of entertaining being free of it. So it tries to learn how to live with it, tries to learn how to live as it, and then it hopes to have freedom. But the freedom is already spoiled because you're going to have freedom as that, and that's not free. Any freedom held as a self will be conditional. It will come and go based on its whims. It will play God with peace. It will play God with love. It will play God with God. 
It will tell you how close you are to God, and it will tell you when you've been dismissed from God's presence. It will make what's always so a goal that may be very difficult to attain. It will always put it off in time, and it will create... In, when, it, when that space is believed, it can put as many hurdles as it wants, whatever size it wants. And it will change the course. The track will not stay the same. It will change. It will keep changing it. Yeah? Always delaying what's already so. Yeah? Always putting what's timeless into time. It's the most perfect place to hide something that's timeless, in, in throwing it into time. Because in the pursuit of it, you miss its immediacy. In the pursuit of it, in moving towards it, it's actually, in a sense, creating the belief that you can move away from it. Once there's the belief that you can be distant from it, it doesn't matter how close you never get, you'll never get there. Never get there. Even if you believe you get there, you'll be uh, evicted. Your mind will play God and say, uh-oh, I've lost it. And that's more painful than never seemingly having it. Someone has, quote unquote, has an epiphany, they claimed an absence of themselves, and now the self is trying to get that. It is incredibly painful to watch that happen. Their nature has become a goal that what they're not is going to get. It's ridiculous, yes? It's the only value of this message is hopefully that will trigger some kind of contact with the mind will like electroshock itself out of this mental yogic posture called selfing. Yeah? Because when it comes out of that posture, what does it sense? Its own nature. Not of time, not of limitation, not of body, but of timelessness, unlimited, and not of a body, a no-thingness. Yeah? And when that starts occurring, things start to straighten out. Because in a way you have it just like in Buddhism, in the Eightfold Noble Path, I've had some people come here who are Buddhist and they were telling me, well, it's actually looked as circular, but let's just look at the linear thing. You know, the Buddha supposedly came and shared the problem and said what you needed to do, and they broke it down into an Eightfold Path. And the first one was right view. Before right meditation, before right action, before right understanding, before right living, the first one was right view. And the view that he presented was, there is no self. Anatta in the old language, yeah? Non-self. It doesn't mean that there's something else. Non-self is there's no self. It doesn't say what there is, but it's saying what there isn't. Just like in non-duality, we talked about it the other day. Non-duality isn't a thing. Non-duality is a negation, yeah? It's not two. People talk about non-duality as if it's something. Non-duality is not two. That's all it is. It means there's no duality. There's no you and me. There's only that, let's say. Yeah? And they're not even saying that. They're just saying there's no you and me. Non-duality. Yeah? It's a negation of duality. It's not a thing that after you think you leave duality, you're now going to go into non-duality. <laughs> you know, you got off the duality bus. Oh, where's that? We've got a hot rush. Here's the non-duality bus. Let's go. The door's still open. No, there's no bus. There's no thing. Yeah? It's just seeing there is not two. Yeah? Not two. That's it. Yeah. Ding. That's what we do here. 
We don't talk about the ocean. We talk about, are you a wave or not? If you're not a wave, that's the ocean. But if, you're, if you think you're a wave, you can study about the ocean, you can have tons of experiences of the ocean, but you're never going to be the ocean because you already seem to be something prior to that, which is a wave. So your own nature now becomes an experience your false nature is looking for, yeah? I want to have an experience, I want to have a deep experience of the ocean. Yeah? To this little conditional mind, it means the deeper I dive, the more experience I have the ocean. No, if you're not the wave, that's the ocean. This is the depths of being the ocean. What? Realizing you're not a wave is the depths of being the ocean. Yeah? But this, this habitual identification, be it a wave, whatever you want to call it, then makes its own nature an object that it's going to get or not get. That's playing God. How could you not see that? How could you take, take what's already so, that's ever-present, that's not of time, and then make it an object in time and, and give it a sense of being absent in your own life? That's an incredible God-playing act, eh? I had, you know, the quit playing God is just, I've been having tons of downloads about that the last year or so. Three years ago, I never even looked at it, yeah? It was all about something else. But then quit playing God, I started seeing it while watching everyone over and over and over again, watching the, this mind, watching, watching, I started seeing, Jesus, it's like a giant network of playing God. And everything done after that fact isn't what you think it is. It's not a surrender when you're doing it as God. <laughs> when you're playing God, that surrender is a form of bondage. Because now what's surrendered is you, the you that you're not. So here you go, tracing to the solution, but you're doing it as the problem. <laughs> Unbeknownst. You actually think, I'm resting in the solution as the problem. <laughs> so here's the solution, and you're wondering why the light's not shining, because this is this opaque plank over it called you. <laughs> like Jesus says, uh, you know, don't be that bushel basket, you know, that's keeping the light from everything. You know, that bushel basket, I would say, is playing God with God, you know. It's hard to be God when there's a playing God. You know? So first of all, how am I? Let's see if that's the case. Check it out this week. See how the head pontificates as if it knows everything. Yet its track record sucks, doesn't it? Yet it's like we keep going back to this like the Greek oracle. Like, oh, wise one, please tell me what to do about my relationship. Please don't. <laughs> because they're going to look just like all the other relationships that you've told me about. <laughs> Please, hold back your wisdom. <laughs> I got, let's see if I can pick up another frequency instead of K-Paul. Let's see if there's any other energy, any other information out there. Yes, lots of information. You can get a collective hit by a loving God that expresses itself in our group conscience at meetings you get a download from a force or a power that isn't 
like Clear Channel, only every station that you turn to, Paul, 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 spiritual Paul, bad Paul, ooh, we don't want to hear that. I can't get anything but Paul on this fucking transistor. But your mind can pick up a lot of different information, definitely. And the, the knowledge that downloads is different. It feels different than I know. I know is just one side of a coin and the other side is I don't know. Yes? I'm thoroughly convinced about the problem. Then you see the person drunk the next day. This isn't, if, don't waste time trying to convince this. This can't be convinced thoroughly. It's convinced and unconvinced. It's all situational. Yeah? It can seem to be thoroughly convinced then you, you, it's left alone for a couple hours, it's unconvinced. Yeah? There is a form of convincing that doesn't go through this format. Yeah? It downloads to an aspect of mind that's not embroiled in self-centeredness. And that aspect in, of mind starts having a bigger sway in your life. Yeah? And in a sense, how you walk around is you don't know. It's really weird because the security of the conditional mind is to know. Even if it's wrong, it wants to think it knows. Yeah? Have you ever argued with people? Yeah, yeah. They're not open to hearing anything. They just know they're right. Yeah, whatever. This kind of knowing is different, though. It's not based on this, this false security of thinking you know something. It's actually, you're open to it by I don't know. And in the I don't know, you find out. It's incredible. You'll find out. You can't stake any claim on anything because it's not yours. Yeah, You don't own it. You can't privatize it. And that's the beauty of it. Because once something is owned, let's say they say in recovery, it says, self-knowledge avails us nothing. And I used to always, I used to get wondered by that. Self, because knowledge is held in such high esteem. And I would think a lot of the program is to learn about yourself. But it's saying self-knowledge avails you nothing. Well, to me, and I started seeing it, well, any knowledge claimed by the selfing will be neutered. It will never lead to being free from self. Because that knowledge will be like another adornment for the selfing. It will be another medal. It will be another little bar it puts on its shoulder or another stripe on its arm. Yeah? It will all be for the, uh, the uh, reflecting of self, how knowledgeable I am about holes. But you still fall in the holes every day. Then it's not doing you any real good, is it? And then you can pontificate to other people about falling into holes, but it's like unhealed healers. You're falling into holes. How are you going to tell? I, I guarantee you, you won't fall into a hole, and then they see you in the hole the next day. I mean, it doesn't hold any water. Yeah? In the Course of Miracles, they would call it unhealed healers. <clears throat> unhealed healers are healing here all day. They're not well. You don't see what's going on. There's a lot of energetic things are happening. There's a lot of agreements, a lot of this and that going on. A lot of activities are happening. But this, the I don't know, puts me to a position of finding out. And finding out, that kind of knowledge has a substance that I know doesn't have. And this substance can withstand the winds of this place. Yes? You can have a, a state of traveling lighter that's like all terrain, like a good set of tires. Yeah? It travels over all the type of terrain you can run into a, in a life. And it stabilizes, and a faith grows out of it. Yeah? 
a faith that produces not a parking space next week, but an ease and comfort now where you're at. Faith is an incredible energy, if you want to call it that. Because faith manifests here in whatever vehicle it's put in. So I'll say it again. Faith, which is a quality of mind, yes? Faith mind. And one of the greatest Zen treaties was called faith mind. Faith is a quality of mind. But here in the manifestation, it manifests, yes? Or its influence appear here by what vehicle you put them in. So let's say the faith that you are is in the thought system that you're not. And you're believing the thoughts about you, about them, about time, about this and about that. What that faith is going to produce by being put into that thought system is anxiety. Lots and lots and lots of anxiety. Yes? And anxiety is going to look like what we call fear. It's going to trigger a body reaction, which is called the emotion of fear. But that fear isn't about what's happening. It's actually a product of your faith in what's not happening. So you are a miracle worker or a faith worker. You can make, you can produce an effect by having faith in what's not happening here. If you look at it, it's not happening. You cannot show me what you're worried about. You can't, you can't bring it here for everyone else to see. Yet, yet, in your little private Idaho, you can be having an incredible experience in reacting to that which is not happening now. Yeah? In other words, your basic experience during this day will not be based on what's happening, but it will be thoroughly based on what's not happening. And that what's not happening, because of your faith in the thought system, will override what's happening. This is how we play God. Because here we have what we call life presented to us, but what the God playing overrides that life and gives you a one that's made up based on what it thought happened and what it think will happen. Yeah? And your absorption and faith in that system gives it an effect here. If there is no faith in that system, it doesn't have an effect here. So you and I play a huge role in bringing that in here. It has to have a, it has to come through us to manifest. Yeah? False evidence cannot appear real here, but it can appear real here to you. It does not appear real for everyone in this room, but false evidence that's cooking up right now in your head, if your mind is in a right certain let's say, devoted posture, which is it has faith in those thoughts, and it believes what's happening up there is true, then it will be on its knees. But not in prayer, but on its knees in anxiety. That same faith, if not given to that system, and it's very difficult not to give that system faith when you have ultimate faith in one of its, mo one of its biggest offerings, which is being a self. If you, have, if you believe most of the selfing's punchline, that it's you that feels like, is, it's me that's being driven crazy, it's me that feels this, it's me that has this, if that is in place, yes, that has, an, that, how can the system get out of the system? Self can't get out of self, yeah? So even though you're in conflict with the system, the faith holds you, that conflict is just another face of the same coin, yeah? 
Utter devotion or conflict from devotion? Yeah? What happens if you see that maybe, just start entertaining, maybe I am not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Maybe when they're seeing, it doesn't mean there's a seer. Maybe there can just be this long shit consciousness of what's happening here, which is the act of seeing. Why is it that there's the interpretation that there must be a seer? Yeah? That's the selfing. It's not disputing conscious contact. It's just disputing the one who's claiming the conscious contact. Yeah? I am not seeing. I am not hearing. There's just hearing and seeing going on. The, the sense of being the one who's doing it is a process of a mental product process. It is, the, it is what I call selfing. Yeah? That. And that selfing cannot take a life here unless there's faith in it. So what, I don't say put your faith anywhere else, because if it is in the idea of being a self, anytime you think you're putting your faith somewhere else, it's still in self. I'm saying, maybe there is no self. And then, your faith now stands unwedded to that idea, and then see what happens. It doesn't have to be wedded to anything else. Just sort of annul this little marriage by questioning the authenticity of it. Is I, am I really the thinker of these thoughts when I can't even take a shit when I want to? I actually believe I can't even take a shit of a very seemingly gross function in manifestation, breaking down whatever, food, into refuse. I, I can't even take a shit when I want, but a very sublime, subtle activity called thinking, I believe I'm the thinker of it. It's fucking unbelievable. I mean, what a leap. You know what I mean? I mean, you can, really, I can't... At some times, when I, the last thing I want to do is take a shit. i got to take a shit. Well, I got a long train ride in India. The last place I want to do is use that bathroom. But I had whites on and everything, and it was like, fuck, it was on and on and on and on. Yet, with that demonstration, I'm sitting here going, these are my thoughts. Fuck, I'm really guilty about the thought I had today. I was thinking I'd really like to look at porno. Oh, no! How could I be a spiritual teacher if I really want to look at porno? This is all bullshit. It's all fucking minutiae. Selfing, 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 selfing. And your faith has been given over to it. Why? Because we're relying on self. If you rely on self, the system comes with it. You thinking you're going to get relief from the system when you're the center of it? Fuck that. <laughs> the whole universe is revolving around you. <laughs> you think you think because you don't want Mars to be in orbit around you as the sun is going to stop its orbiting? It's fixed by the situation, by the setup. You're the center, everything revolves around you. You don't like the pressure of all that? <laughs> Give up being the center. I want to be there when it gets better. Why is it why it isn't good now is because you're here. You keep hoping, oh I can't wait till I get it. When I get this I, when I get this message, it'll be a great advantage. This, you're never gonna get it. There's no fucking way. What you're not can never get this message. <laughs> what you're not when offering nothing makes it into something, 
something is an it. That is not the message. The message is no thing. Yeah? It's not like we're saying, turn away from this and turn towards this. All I'm saying is, look at where, how you're looking. If you're not that, there's no need to turn towards anything. You are that. You are which is looking right now. You think it's you looking, but it's just seeing. We break it down in this room. I don't know. If, you, if this doesn't work for you, tell me, because I feel it works for me. So I like this one. But here we're sitting here. I'm looking at you, yeah? That would be the perceptual uh, take here. Yes? I'm, I, looking at you. Now, where you're sitting, sitting, it's I, looking at me. I'd be a, I'm a you to you, yes? And you're a you to me. Now, everyone in the room is looking. And what I'm saying here, maybe there's one eye that's looking. One eye. Yeah? Prior to being claimed as you, there's one eye that's looking or seeing. I don't mean I this way. I, like I. And there's, and, and then there's a lot of views that the eye is looking at. Yeah? So let's say there's one act, one event happening from all these different camera positions. What the event is, is I'm looking at you. Yeah? you if I ask you what's happening, you'd be I'm looking at you. you I, I, yeah, I'm look, yeah. It's all the same thing. We say the same thing. I'm looking at you. Yeah? Everyone. Now, this is where it gets a little dicey. Okay? So I go, I go, I go okay, well, who is this I? Let's say my mind. And, this, and the conditional mind asked us a long time ago, way before self-inquiry. The mind answered, asked this question, who am I? And it came up with an answer. And you know what that answer is? Me. The I, which is constantly occurring, yeah. consciousness, is in contact here. Yeah. That I, in one fell swoop, was claimed by a mental process and then aligned with the body. I, recognition of conscious contact, yeah, I'm looking... All right, let's ask the mental process. Who is this design? He could have said God, the all-knowing, no thing, this and that. But no, he came up with a really good idea. Me. What's that me? So the I now has been claimed by the mental process. I'm the one who's seeing. Yes? All right, well, who is this I then that's seeing? To the mental process's point of view, it's me. Who's this me? This me is what you call you when you're looking. When I is looking there, it's a you, yes? What this is, is a you that's been identified as the I, and it's now called me. But am I, ju I am just a you in your experience, yes? So the I is having every one of these experiences, and everyone is seeing a you, but when you ask the mental process of that you, to say who it is, it says, it's me. Yeah? Which is just an identified you, isn't it? If you were just looking at what's happening, that's an object, yeah? You. Object, you, object, you. This is a you, isn't it? To you, this is a you, yeah? But to me, this is a me, which is an identified you, isn't it? All the while, there's the I. I. I, 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 I. Everyone's experience right now is I am looking. And everyone's experience is what it's looking at is a you. Yeah? From this point of view, 
I'm looking from the subjective point of view. Yeah? From that point of view, I'm an object. Yeah? From this point of view, I'm the subject. So the I sees you as an object. From that point of view, you're the subject, and you see this I as an object. Yeah? Now, this I, taking itself to be me, thinks this is what's seen. This, yeah? It totally forgets the nothingness, which is what's seen, and it claims the seeing, which is the quality of nothingness, as an act that this thing is doing, yeah? This object that you're seeing now becomes a pseudo-subject. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's hearing. I'm the one who's thinking. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who has a life. I'm the one who has a girlfriend. I'm the one who has this money. My, 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 my. It just doesn't stop at claiming subjectivity. It claims everything. Yeah? And what ensues then? You become the center of the universe, and the thought system, now that it has this fixed object called its divine sun, it places this object anywhere it wants at any other time and thinks about it. <laughs> it takes all the information that's happening and sucks it into this vacuum and how it pertains to me. <laughs> it can actually bend this giant force called life is happening and only see it as it's happening to me. This is an act of playing God, yes. And it can get away with it unless there's a recognition of God, in a sense. Yeah? When there's a recognition of what's present, truly present, then all the act of being present starts being seen through, and you see its inherent absence, yes? But without the presence, without the sense, what absence is taken to be present? Yeah? And it's so busy, it seems to be really present. It's busy all the time concocting and thinking and da 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 da. <laughs> so walking down Clement Street. <laughs> I hate to break the news to you, but everyone on that street sees you as an object. <laughs> they could probably care less about you. <laughs> I don't think there's maybe one person in the whole world that goes home and thinks about you, and that's you. <laughs>
If it's an imaginary problem, then you'll see that all of your real solutions to it actually resuscitate and give life to the imaginary problem. Yeah? Because if a problem is worthy of your solutions, it must be a real problem. But if it's an imaginary problem, seeing that would be the only thing necessary. Yeah? Once you see it as imaginary, once you see it as not happening, what's there more to do? So you can get the flavor of the solution by its immediate effect here. It's a timeless solution. That timeless solution can erase what seems to have been written over time for 40 years. It can go like that, like it never happened. Because from that view, it never happened. The timelessness is the only event. questions then? Sometimes at a meeting, it's like almost like a nuclear reactor, yeah? It gets so cooking in here. Something that could be so not noted all day, if you sit in satsang or something, it can become really paramount. The emphasis of nothingness can really have a huge impression in this room because we gather together. And the sense of that, to me, is worth 800 pages of scriptures. Yeah, it's just because you're bypassing all the forms of knowledge here, and you're just going from source to source, in a way. From timeless to timeless. Instead of trying to get to timeless through time, which will inevitably work, but it will take time. Yeah? <laughs> but it has to inevitably work. But here, it's just timeless, timeless. Yes. Yeah? So the sense of the immediacy of the, of the message starts becoming overwhelming. And you start seeing its influences here. Because like I see someone who's super bummed out yesterday and that the next day it doesn't seem like it ever happened. How real could it have been? Yeah. How real could it have been if it wasn't there on Monday and it's not there on Wednesday? It just took, all, all up, took up a lot of your time on what you can call Tuesday. You would think if it was real, it would be real Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you have a hard time shaking it away, because it's real. But everything seems to just appear, doesn't it? And the, big, the key to what appears is to you. The you that it's appearing to gives it more of the meaning than it ever has itself. Yeah? So what's appearing is almost like a... It's like a vehicle for a message or information to be downloaded into. 
And that message, is, that information is downloaded into what seems to appear like a thought and a feeling from this conditionality that the word Paul represents. And the bridge to this is mine, yeah? So when a thought is seen as mine, that my represents a lot of conditioning that gets injected into that thought. Yeah? A feeling is seen as mine, a lot of conditional information shot into that. Yeah? And so I'm not even reacting to the thought or the feeling, I'm reacting to what the meaning my mind gave it. And the meaning is that the mind's going to give it is what lens it's giving meaning through. If it's being given meaning through self-centeredness, you're going to have the same old, same old you've been having for quite a while. It's a limited system. You've seen every bit of what it has to offer. Every possibility it has to offer always has time as an ingredient, and you've been through every one of them. Every one of them. You've been through every inch of self-centeredness. There's no magical fourth door like, let's make a deal. You're not going to go to heaven. You know, Monty Hall is, oh yes, you've won heaven. It's the same old, same old. Maybe a bigger carrot and a longer, you know, <laughs> that's all will happen will be degrees. Yeah, big, <laughs> that's all it is. It's sort of like a kaleidoscope. The basic format stays the same, but you go like this and it looks like things are bigger and smaller and more important, less important, but it's the same old, same old. <laughs> it's all perceptual, like voodoo. <laughs> truly ready to go, you'll be staying here. That's the funny thing. When you're really truly letting go, right right where you, you'll be right here. <laughs> you're not going to transcend any place. <laughs> There's no, this isn't a real place to transcend. The transcendence is being here. <laughs> That's how you transcend it. All my whole life, all I wanted was to get out. Since I was about six or seven, since the introspection started, my whole life was about escaping, reading science fiction, Edgar Allan Poe, to like found drinking, then drinking, then spirituality, then drugs, then relationships, then this, then that. It was a constant, incessant imperative to get out of here. <laughs> because I had mistaken the here, I had mixed it up with a mental here and a here. I thought the mental here was here, and I really wanted to get out of the mental here. Yeah. So I was trying to escape where I cannot escape from. Just like people believe they can be, they, they can, they read books about how to be in the moment, but I'm saying you can't be out of the moment. There's no way in hell you could ever leave this moment. <laughs> What's the point of trying to get in it if you can't get out of it? 
there's a belief that you're not here, so you're trying to get here. Yeah, but it's just a belief. It's not true. If you looked at the surveillance cameras of your life, you were in every frame. There was you were running around as a body, you know, doing things. Yeah, I wasn't really there. Yes, you were. Here's the here's the evidence. No, I was somewhere else. Yeah, I got a picture of me right here. No, I was somewhere. Else. Where was that somewhere else? <laughs> so there's a man of there's a mental here. To me, I think the addict wants to escape from that. Because the mental here isn't here, it's there and then. Yeah? It's all these meanings of everything that's been claimed, all the thoughts that you believe you've claimed, all the feelings and all the memories, all the resentments, all the regrets, all the highs, all the lows, they're all in there. So I'm in this very crowded place I call here, this mental here, and it produces a claustrophobicness. I want to get out. I want to get out. I can't tell you why, but I want to get out. I feel uncomfortable in my own skin. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel I can trust anybody. You know, I want to get to a better place than here. But there is no better place than here. All there is is here. But I'm not in here. I'm in a mental here. Yeah? I've been, my intention and interest has left the conscious contact, and I'm now hyper-conscious of the thoughts about what's not happening and feelings about something that's not happening, yes? And now I want to get out of here. The funny thing with my life is my wanting to get out of the mental here got me imprisoned in the manifest here. <laughs> I was such a good escape artist, I ended up in jail two years in Delancey Street, three months project return, I was doing great. Last place I wanted to be, I was really in, you know. <laughs> People watching over me constantly. So the whole point is, the solution to the, ma the mental here is just being aware, you know, of what's happening. It's simple, really. Yeah. When you're aware of what's happening, you have a, an immunity to what's not happening. Because what's happening has a quality what's not happening doesn't have. It's happening, really. <laughs> you don't have to think about it, you just see it. See it, hear it, feel it, taste it, touch it. And it's acceptance, it's a glorious acceptance. That can give you immunity to what's not happening. Yeah? And when you're here in the manifest here, what occurs is you get an intimation of the unmanifest here. Yeah? Or the nothingness. You can't get that intimation up in the mental realm. There is no higher power in the past and the future. None whatsoever. When you live up there, you are God playing God. You are the ultimate playing God. There is no manifest here for you. You're not reacting to this moment, responding to it. You're reacting to what's not happening. And there's definitely no unmanifest. Yeah? That's totally nothing to you. All it is is mental. Yeah? Thoughts and thoughts and thoughts about thoughts and thoughts about feelings thoughts about other feelings, and thoughts, and thoughts, and thoughts. And it's constantly, all the space is so filled up with all this baloney, it's claustrophobic. What do you want to do is get high. You, know? you want to get something. You want to get out. But you can't get out of what you cannot possibly be in. You see that? It's an imperfect trap, because every time you try to get out of it, you verify that you're in it. And if you stop trying to get out of it, you would see you were never in it. But you can't stop trying to get out of it because you believe you're in it. Yeah. Even trying to stop trying to believe it as self, that's believe you're in it. Yeah. Oh, that's trippy.
So we're here three days time, three days a week, right? Yes. Whatever. I have a lot of meetings. Just why? Because I have total faith in mind. I have total faith in mind that if it's introduced to this information, this message, it's going to bypass the little voice box called Marie or Paul. Yeah? It's going to bypass that claiming mechanism. It's going to bypass the privatization of everything. And it's going to get, it's going to, this is going to trigger. It's like a catalyst, yeah? Just like two drops in a, in a carburetor to start the car. If your car is stalled, you put two drops in the carburetor, you turn on the ignition, it starts up. You don't keep pouring gas in. It's just a catalyst, yes? It's not anything, it's just a catalyst. You, you are the chemistry already. It's already there. All it needs is a little drop. And this is what we do. We just repeat the drop over and over and over again. Because yeah? when the car starts up, when the car starts up, when the car starts up, what happened with me when I had the surrender in AA? The selfing stopped for about three minutes, and I had never witnessed it being stopped. I had forgotten when I was a kid, and all I knew, I didn't even know the movement because it was always on. But something happened, there was that moment of clarity, it stopped, and I sourced that there was something that continued when it stopped. Yeah? That made a huge imprint on me, and I can. That. One portal for five minutes, 20-something years ago, has produced a manifested uh, solution for these 23 years. Can you imagine if you opened it up to that? And you're the last one who will know it either. Because your mind has a vested interest in a story about you. I see when people, the lights turn on again. Now, lately, I don't see any lights turning on because they're all turned on. Really, literally. Before, when I did the dry dock, it was like fucking a dark closet. So you'd see a light go on every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God. And it was quickly put out. <laughs> but here, there's light. Yes, I see it. Yeah. So there's no, I don't have that experience anymore, people's light going on, because the lights are on already. This is just, yeah, 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 just pointing out the lights on, the lights on, the lights on, the lights on, the lights on. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. Nothing. You cannot turn it off, nor can you brighten it. It's like recognizing with great belief your own irrelevance, which is the whole, that's the biggest poison, the selfing. It wants to be relevant. It wants to mean something. When you see that, it's, a, it's in its irrelevance, it's freedom. Yeah. So, we'll uh, pass the basket, yes? Any cult activities happening this week? <laughs> What's the cult up to? What's the cult up to that he's not telling the cult leader? <laughs> the cult leader's in the dark. <laughs> That's how I like it. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Today I was wearing a yarmulke, singing at some Jewish ceremony. I'm not Jewish, you know. Yeah. My friend Deb got a Jewish, her Hebrew name. And it's great, man, it's great. I'm sitting there. You can fit it anywhere, it doesn't matter. <laughs> then we had to wait to get our car towed for an hour. Ocean and Alamany. Slap shirts back. Yes. I've lost interest in that business. I still have about 60 shirts. I gotta start selling them. Alright, you'll end with the surrender, sir?